Welcome to Believe in the Entrepreneur, where the mission is to tell the story of the entrepreneur and how they overcame the obstacles in life and in business to get where they are today. Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Entrepreneur, and I'm super excited because I have a financial professional, financial advisor, Ismael Romero, who's well known here in not just Bakersfield, but basically all of Kern County, if not all of California. So Ish, thanks for being on my show. Thank you for having me. So for those that don't know Ish, um, I mean, he's he's pretty much well respected. People trust him with his money uh, or their money to invest with uh, their, their funds, and they trust ish he's well known very well respected has a lot of expertise so i mean you guys are in for a real treat for those that are listening but ismail tell me for those that don't know you tell me a little bit about yourself tell me who you are and then you know how you how you became a financial advisor well i kind of go back to when i was younger 17 i was um i was very interested in investments early on i would always ask my dad hey dad what's the return on this rental property that you have you know i was always interested in in those numbers so that's what really um since then. And when I was 18, I bought my first mutual fund. Uh, I mean, what 18 really? year old is thinking about? Yeah, I walked into the current schools. I had like, you know, I think I put 1500 bucks into a mutual fund. Wow. And it, it grew all the way to like 8000 I took it out like just like five years ago. Right. Uh, so that, that um, so I was always interested in, 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 you know, money investments. Right. Et cetera. And then I went on to Cal State to um, get my degree in finance and economics. So that kind of teed it up for that. Um, and then I did an internship at Morgan Stanley uh, for two years, and that's really where I learned the technicals of, of the investment world. Okay. Um, didn't really have, I mean, who would trust a 19-year-old, right? Right. To, to invest, you know, money for them. Right. Um, so that's really, I, I learned the technical aspect of it. Okay. You know, how stock works, what stocks to buy and why, what, what to look at. Right. Uh, so I had, you know, fun doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I went to uh, I work for, actually the guy that I work for now, work with now, partnered with, um, he hired me in the business 15 years ago um, at Morgan Stanley. So Did he really? Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the history. And then, um, you know, obviously he moved to the Bay Area. Um, he offered me the position to go, but, you know, he didn't want to pay enough for the cost of living. You know, at the time I was an entrepreneur, I was an employee, right? Right. Um, so I went to work for Wells Fargo, uh, spent eight years there as a, as a premier banker, private banker, and then you know, I, I think I, I was making like 95000 a year back then. This was like eight years ago. Wow. And I was uh, I was like, I, it just wasn't a salary. And I was always the type of uh, employee that, you know, would take five-minute breaks just real quick. Like people would go in the back and hang out. And I'm like, next client, next, let's, let's keep going. Let's keep right. pushing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then I, Wells Fargo became a financial advisor. So I went from making 100000 salary to zero. Gotcha. Like this was back in 2016, I think. Though. Okay. So yeah. So did I answer that? Yeah. So you basically, uh, but you know what? I'm gonna even take it back because sure. you said as an 18 year old, you you invested 1,500 dollars and you bought your first mutual fund. But even what 18 year old has 1,500 bucks? Well, that, <laughs> I didn't have 1,500 so, bucks as an 18. So my entrepreneur uh, spirit started really young, dude. I was my first entrepreneurial thing was when I was 17. I was cutting hair. Like a lot of my friends that, you know, probably might hear this will know that I cut their hair. Really? 16, 17, I was doing barbershop. I was, uh, my, my dad had like an extra bedroom. Uh-huh. Uh, like an, actually it was an office turned into a barbershop. Okay. Sorry. I think like at 15 or 16, I started cutting hair. Yeah. All the way up to 18. But during college, bro, I, I was working, I was cutting hair on the weekends. I was working at my uncle's restaurant, La Cabana. 
Really? Uh, and I was working at current schools, like, oh and, wow, and going to college, man. So my my uh, my college life was, so yeah. So I started saving really, you know, really young. So right. So that's uh, that's kind of where I am today, right? That's uh, for sure the perfect uh, scenario of who I am today and what I do. That's pretty cool because I mean it shows that one, you're you you work you know you work hard, right? I mean to balance school and then be doing haircuts. And then working at the restaurant, going to school, and then not just that, like the night that a lot of people make the money, but then they'll go spend it on stupid stuff. Yeah. And, and there's a story about that. Um, so my, like looking at understanding who I am. So my, my parents came here from Mexico with nothing, right? Mm-hmm. That was 17. Um, all he knew how to do was work, save, work and save and invest, work and save and invest. That's all he did. He didn't know how to spend money because mm-hmm. he feared being poor, right? So. A little bit of that translated over to me, right? Uh, naturally, right? Because you know you learn what you know from about money, about anything, about life, about values, morals from your parents. That's right. Ninety percent of our values come from there, right? So. For sure. Yeah, I think um, your parents have a big influence um, in your life, and a lot of people like even just your spirituality too. Yeah. Like your beliefs, um, they're ingrained from your parents, right? Oh yeah, dude. My mom is like the spiritual she was a spiritual leader of the house and uh you know my dad's personality my mom's personality i have a little bit more of my mom's personality so mm-hmm. that's where i get my my uh high high faith um and everybody knows that and I'm, I'm not afraid to share it right um so that's where i get it from her you know right. my brother and my sister they have a little bit of a different personality like my dad right um so yeah my mom was a spiritual leader so you know traditional catholic uh you know Prayer every day, you know, rosary every 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 day. That's that's just how I grew up. Right, and I think you mentioned, um, you know, your your dad was, you know, afraid of. He was a saver. He was afraid of like being poor, mm-hmm. or or losing his basically his wealth, mm-hmm. which is why you became a wealth manager. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, as a wealth manager, you know, a lot of people, they they they, you know, I would say the majority of people. They know how to make, especially entrepreneurs, they know how to make money. They're either whatever industry they're in, they're like, they know how to hustle. Mm-hmm. As in a CPA, as an accountant and tracking their financials, I'm like, what the hell are you doing with your money, man? Like, you, they don't know how to, they don't, they don't know how to manage their money. Or if I even ask them, like, how much money did they make last year? They're like, clueless. And, um, and that's why people like yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, people like me, they, they need, they reach out to us, right? Because that's their weakness. Yeah. And then they're good at like, if they're in construction, they're good at, you know, building you a house yeah. or they're, if they're in whatever, if they're truck drivers, they're good at, um, you know, just providing for their family, but money management is like their, their weakness. Right. And so people blow basically their earnings, um, by either overpaying in taxes or spending it on things they shouldn't. Right. And they never even think about like retirement. They don't think about insurance or life insurance or any of that. And I know you're a big educator, and you and you even just like you just pour yourself into people and you just try to help and you try to service people and i think like um i see that in you for people that don't know you like you just try to help mm-hmm. and you just try to be you know um just be a helping hand mm-hmm. and i think that that's something really special about you yeah but tell me like if someone if someone like how does that consultation process go how do you like you know how do you make them aware i know you've kind of like evolved as a financial advisor in your career but tell me a little bit about like how that education process goes. 
Yeah. So typically, um, my average, I think you asked earlier, my average client is someone that is near retirement. So somebody that is worked for a company for 20, 30 years. I have clients that work at Chevron, SoCal Gas, PG&E, private sector employers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, the baby boom, baby boom generation, they, they stay with companies for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. They're saving 10% a year for 30 years, right? So at some point when that, when they, when they retire, um, they, a lot of them may or may not know anything about stocks or mutual funds or anything about that, right? So they don't know, understand how to manage that. And so they hire me basically when they retire, they hire me to manage their 401k assets that, that, that they roll over from their employer. Gotcha. Uh, so I open what is called an IRA. Right? Mm-hmm. So it rolls just like you teach your dog to roll over. You right. <laughs> teach, your, teach your IRA to, or 401k to roll over. Right. Um, and then, um, so from there, I, uh, my partner and I, we actually started our own fund, uh, mutual fund. So Oh, really? Yeah. So we have uh, five mutual funds that we have ranging from most aggressive all the way to most conservative. So okay. we are the managers of the mutual fund. So mm-hmm. part of my job is a little bit of the technical aspect to help in choosing which investments have the best risk adjusted return right uh, in the portfolio. So right. um, that is, you know, that is my poster child client. Right. Um, I do have some younger clients that are starting entrepreneurs. Um, Cause I mean, these guys are in their sixties and seventies, right? Right. I'm, I'm only going to have them for maybe 20 more years. Right. right. I plan on being in the business for another at least 30 years. Right. Right. Um, so I have to invest in the young, young guys. Right. So right. They, Cause they're going to, have a million dollars in their 401k at one, at some point in the future. Right. And I want to be the guy that, um, so, so I have to, I have both aspects. So, right. Um, I am, I'm more focused on the investment side, uh, as of when I made the move t- to start my own, uh, Romero wealth management is what I call it. And I partner with, a another partner, lattice wealth management. So I have my clients, he has his clients. We manage money. Cr- we create our fund together. So that's what we do. So, Gotcha. You know, his clients and my clients have same similar portfolios depending on risk tolerance. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like, um, you know, some of my relatives, I won't say their names, but like they're afraid to invest into the stock market because they're, they're just not educated in it. You know, they, they, they're comfortable with real estate. That's what they know, but they're like, Oh, stocks. Like, I don't know what, what even stocks are, Mm -hmm. but you mentioned, you know, you know, what's your risk adversity, right? If you're conservative or aggressive, right? And then some, you can actually, there's certain, you know, funds where you your risk, if you have lower risk, you have lower returns, obviously, but yeah. but that, but then your assets going to be preserved. Yeah. If you, if you understand real estate, I mean, if you look at historically, real estate and stocks have a, have a similar correlation, similar, similar risk profile. Uh, if you look at, you know, just over the last cycle, you know, when, when real estate, Dropped by forty percent. Um, stocks did too. Right. Last year, the stock market was up thirty-eight. Our portfolio was up thirty-eight percent. The stock market was up twenty-seven. Right. Real estate was up probably twenty percent, twenty-five percent. Right. Right. So you see how there's like a strong correlation, definitely, of, of those markets. So, you know, stocks are just a different because they they kind of go up and down with the economic cycle, just like um, stocks and, and real estate. So. Right. That makes sense. Um, and I think one of the things, though, that's interesting, like even though that stocks and real estate are correlated, right? For people that are in real estate, they don't feel that same pain because like especially if they have rental properties because they're just, oh, I'm getting the rental income. Yeah. Even though it's doing the same thing. It's doing the same thing, yeah. It's yeah. doing this. But with, but with stocks, they look at the value and they're like, 
holy crap, it just went down. Yeah, a daily value, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, now they're freaking out. And it's like, dude, it's the same thing that your house just did. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. No, but it's a different and, mindset. Yeah, it's a different mindset. And uh, let, most people, psychologically speaking, from a behavioral finance standpoint, it's easier for people to stomach retirement money than like cash in the bank. And I can go on and on about behavioral finance and the psychology of money in, in, in retirement versus uh, in, in money in their bank. Right. Um, they're more... Um, attached to that money versus the 401k is like, Oh, I know it's there. It's like, so they're less worried about that money versus their money in their savings. That's just psychologically. That makes sense. Cause I mean, they're probably using their bank for like living expenses yeah, exactly. or retirement. It's probably like, they don't look at it as much. Yeah. Um, so that definitely makes sense. But for those people that do look at their retirement accounts and the dips and stuff, like I almost feel like your job is almost to be a counselor too. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Big part of it. Big part of it is, uh, I actually, it's funny that, um, I have clients, on both spectrums, right? I have clients that there's clients, believe it or not, I have clients that I have to convince to spend money. Really? Yeah. They have, like I have one client, he's got like two and a half million in his retirement account. Uh huh. And um, like, again, he grew up kind of like me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he's, you know, he's 65, but um, you know, he's so just frugal with everything. I'm like, dude, you're never going to outlive this money. You need to spend at least a hundred thousand dollars a year for you to even get close to spending this money. Right. You know, because he's just living off the interest, so right. Um, and then there's people that are making three, four, five hundred thousand, right? That, that I can't convince to save twenty thousand, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's like there's both spectrums, right? right? My favorite clients are these guys, right? Because I charge a percentage of of assets that they have, right? Right. So I charge one and a quarter percent of the assets. Gotcha. Um, but at the same time, these clients uh, I enjoy because I, I I love to see them. I, I like to see the light bulb, right? right. Like, oh shoot. What am I doing with my money? Right. You know, I need to, I need to tell my money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Right. So, yeah. And I think if they don't have somebody like you to tell them that they're probably not even going to do it mm -hmm. because they need that guidance and need that yeah. awareness. Yeah. And, and it's tougher to, you know, um, tougher to have the client, have those clients mm -hmm. want to sit down with you. Right. Because right. They might either be embarrassed or whatever. Right. But I always give them unconditional love when I, you know, sit with them. I tell them no judgment. I'm not going to share anything with anybody. Right. Uh, Cause I want them to feel safe that way. Um, the, the biggest benefit to me is would be the, to see them down the road, like really um, succeed financially. Right. And I think, you know, financial advisors, like a lot of them are paid off commission. Right. So at yeah. least like, I'm just putting myself in those shoes of those people that are probably like scared to reach out to financial advisors. Oh man, he's going to, he's just trying to get a commission. But if they know ish, like ish is not worried. You know, if they know yeah. you, they're not, you're not worried about the commission. Like you're just trying to help them out, yeah. which is what I love about you. You're just like literally like genuinely just trying to look out for their best interests. Mm -hmm. And there's like no sales pressure. Like you're like the complete opposite of like, like people on the Wolf of Wall Street, right? That financial advisor <laughs> yeah. that's like, yeah, you know, they're ringing the bell. It's like, you're like the complete opposite of that. You're just like, yeah. like you said, you pour your love into yeah. them. And, and it's like, that that feels so good. Cause yeah. it's like, I, I don't feel like pressure. Like, oh, damn, I'm going to have to buy some kind of insurance product. Or, oh, damn, I'm going to have to like, make sure I put in re money into retirement. Oh, there's issues going to use the sales tactic. Cause I feel like the financial industry, in my opinion, has a lot of those people mm -hmm. and it gives a, like a negative connotation. Yeah. But you're like, but you're like the the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, you know, God's blessed me with enough resources. So I used to like focus on like, I want to make this much. I want to make this much. Now I just focus on, I want to help people. I, I'm going to trust that the money will follow. Right. Like if I provide the service and I, and I outperform and I, and I do my job, 
I'm just going to trust the money will follow. I don't worry about that aspect. Anymore. And I think that you just hit it home because when you have that mindset of just like, hey, I'm just going to try to help people. Those are the ones that actually make the most money. Yeah. Like the ones that are trying to like make the sale are the, usually the ones that make less. Because mm-hmm. uh, because people can, I mean, people are, know how to read. You know, they can tell like, yeah, you're just trying to like sell yeah. me. As opposed to like, dude, this guy's just trying to help me out. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they opened up their wallet. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they, they trust you. But there has to be the value. Right. Um, from you know, my ass point of it. And I don't, um, so typically my process is I, you know, I listen to them, understand their goals, wants, needs, um, educate to them as their options. Right. And um, they make the decision. Right. They, a lot of them ask me, hey, what would you do? And then I tell them, hey, this is what I do and this is why. Right. So I'm a big why guy, so I like to explain why. Right. You know? Now for someone on the other side, that's like very frugal, right? You said there's, you have clients that are like, dude, you're not, you're not spending enough money. Like you're going to basically not gonna you're gonna not outlive this money um how do you like how how do you have those conversations or how do you have them snap out of that or like hey it's okay to spend you know spend some money you know? well uh typically in those cases uh you know i i, I under, try to understand where they came from right right i understand i try to under you know educate myself as to where they came from why because if i learn somebody if you know my story just like i shared right now mm-hmm. you, you probably understand how i tick right, right. you know you share your story and and you know how people take, but typically with those clients, I'll ask them, Hey, like, what did your parents leave you? Like, do you wish your, do you wish your parents would have had more, didn't more things and travel and do things like that? And they're like, yeah. And then like, so it's, it's a lot of, um, counseling, like you said, right. Right. A lot of, so I try to get into their subconscious mind to help them understand what they, why they're doing what they're doing. And then I right. say, okay, well, and then we, we talk about a plan, right? Like, okay, so let's just say you want to leave your, kids 500,000 or a million. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's reverse engineer the numbers. Okay. This is how much you have to spend every month. Mm-hmm. And I always project like 6% return just conservatively mm-hmm. on their investments. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I try to coach them into like, okay. And yeah, dude, I have one client. He's actually flying out to Bora Bora tonight. Um, really? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's going all out, man. He's nice. Going all out. Yeah. And was that because of you? I would say I have something to do with it. He, yeah. he bought, um, he had these old uh, golf clubs and, and I convinced him to buy new ones. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool. So that's, it's, a, it's funny because you're like the wealth reserver, the wealth manager. And you're like, dude, spend money. Yeah. But, but in his case, you know, in his, in his case is, you know, I have to, there's an extreme, like I said earlier. Right. right? So, um, so it's, you know, for, for somebody that's, I mean, cause typically think about it, like 65 year old, you know, you're probably only going to have maybe 15 years of, 20 years of you wanting to do something right once you're eight you know 75 80 you know, you're just gonna you shift. can't really do anything anymore yeah i mean you're not gonna have the energy to do right as much as you can i mean i mean there are some 80 year olds that are running around everywhere doing everything but right you know, typical you know just you know human nature right right it's just yeah, yeah you know what typically happens at that age mm-hmm. and you know what's interesting is that like um most people when they're thinking about like spending money right um they don't really know exactly what to spend their money on or like what, what they should invest in, or they're just like completely confused. So like, how do you like, um, educate basically your educate them? Like, Hey, this is how much you should be spending or this, how much you should be reserving. Like what's your advice? Uh, I'm typically, I just say 15% of your, what you're earning, save it for the future. So 15, whether it be in your 401k, whether it be, um, in a, in a mutual fund or whatever, you know, it's 15%, uh, long as you're, I mean, there are some people that are like 40 and they don't have anything. So they're way behind. Mm. So I kind of, I kind of 
let them know that they need to get a little bit they more. They got to catch up. They got to catch up. Yeah. So, right. Um, so that's just, you know, case by case, you know, kind of what I see. But then again, like there's my value systems and then their value systems may be different. So I, I try to try to understand them bef- before I, you know, cause, cause at the end of the day, I want them to ask me, what, what should I do? Right. Because if I just go in there and tell them, Hey, you need to do this, this right. they're not probably not going to, right. Not gonna, it's not going to hit. It's not going to, it's not going to affect them positively. Right. Yeah. No, it makes sense. You got to understand who you're like, their, their mindset, right. Their mentality, like who they are as a person and what they're, like you said, like their upbringing. Yeah. Right. Because that's going to be a lot their kind of subconscious mind, their, their thoughts. Mm. And once you tap into that subconscious mind, then you connect at a very personal level. Mm-hmm. And now you can like, they trust you to like make recommendations. Mm-hmm. I think that's so key. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I, my favorite type of client to work with is like I said, somebody in their mid fifties, sixties that are near retirement. Right. Um, actually I just got a, approved for a new, like, I, I didn't think this was even possible at, you know, before, but um, so I'm able to now help existing employees of company. Let's say you're an employee of like pg and you have, you know, 500,000 or a million dollars in your 401k. Mm-hmm. Well, in your 401k, the person, the employees are responsible for the investments. Mm-hmm. The investments, they don't, most of the people don't know how they work, right? So, right. So my job is to really understand the portfolio, understand the, the risk of return. Like, for example, I'm just going to give a recent example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you guys know, rates are going up, right? Right. So there's a uh, inverse correlation between interest rates and bond prices, right? Okay. So a lot of people might have, you know, let's say an average of 25 year bonds in their portfolios. Mm-hmm. So if interest rates go by 1%, which they have in the last, mm. that affects the bond price by 10%. Well, like if you look at my clients, they have uh, short term uh, bonds. Mm-hmm. So one or two years paying, you know, one or 2%. Um, so they're not taking, they're not getting, they're not, their bonds are not being affected as much as the people that, you know, might have a uh, long dated bonds in their 401k. Right. So my job is just to understand and, and get, try to get the, I can't say the word guarantee, but I, I'm trying to uh, get the best possible return for the amount of risk you're taking. Right. Yeah. So, that's important. That's why I think that like someone like you is, is, you know, your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. And I think having someone like you on their team, it's like, that's why like they trust you because that's your expertise. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have some clients that don't know, have any idea what I do. Right. The technical aspect of it. They right. just trust me. And then I do have fun with some engineer guys that they <laughs> challenge me. Uh, those are the most fun because they challenge me to ask questions. They right. ask the difficult questions. That I, I'm like, oh, man, good question. I, I need to figure that out. Yeah. Um, so I have pro- I probably like 10% are the engineers types. And then the other are just like people that, you know, they trust. Like, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. But, I, but, I, but it's still important for me to educate. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that because I see that as well, like even from a tax perspective, like there's certain people that they, they're just like, hey, Joel, you, I trust you with my tax return. Yeah. And then there's other people that are like, okay, explain to me how that QBI deduction works. Yeah, yeah. You, you and I are that type <laughs> of guy, right? You and yeah. I are that the type analytical, of guy. Yeah, the analytical, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but it's interesting. Like, uh, But you know what I've learned though is that um, even though I'm very analytical by nature, because I like, I just like solving puzzles. I yeah. like putting pieces together. Or understanding, understanding the why. Curiosity, yeah. Yeah, that's my like my natural. That's how I was raised. But through mentoring and um, just coaching, I've learned to also learn how to also be like the people that are just trustworthy. Yeah. Because um, if you analyze everything, it, you almost like alter your growth. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, you're instead of analyzing that three four times, oh, like. Yeah. 
you could have moved on to other bigger and better things. Exactly. And that's why you just partner up with people like you. Like, hey, you know what, Ish? You, as long as you understand my goals yeah, yeah. and what, what I want to achieve in my, you know, my life cycle, you know, my life cycle and what I, my, um, can't think of the word, like my legacy, mm-hmm. as long as you understand my goals, it's like, dude, I'm just, I, I don't want to know what bonds you're going to put them in, what stocks. I was like, dude, you just, as long as you know my goals, you know, I trust you. Yeah. And that's uh, 85, 90% of my clients. Yeah. But it, but you're right. It's, it, they chat, the engineer kind of people, you know, uh, ask those good questions. And then that's when you start to learn too. Cause yeah, like, yeah. Those are, that's where I keep me sharp. They keep me sharp. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're like, you know what? I'm not sure. Let me actually get back yeah, to you. Yeah. So, that. I mean, I have, like, I'm a, I think I'm more of an extrovert. I, I, I love people. I love learning about people. I love, uh, so I, I actually recently paid for a financial, advi- I'm paying for a financial advisor coach to help me understand what I, what is that, what roles in my business is what I really want. Mm. Um, and I realized that, Recently, I realized that I'm a people person. I like to be out there talking to people. I, I can right. talk to anybody at the airport. You, know, you probably read that book, How to Talk to Anyone, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's just my natural. I don't, ha- I don't have to try. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to right. try to be that. So um, so understanding the, the strengths. Yeah. Because, uh, like, I, one of the mistakes that I made in the beginning is, you know, I try to uh, do everything myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to open accounts, do all the compliance. Stuff. It, 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 it was so stressful for me. Right. And then I, I learned finally to let it let it go, give it, give it to somebody that that's their strength. Right. And, and, and I see them thrive in that. Right. Like it, it's. Yeah. Uh, and it's something I learned maybe six years ago. Uh, so. Yeah. It's, that's, that's important. That's important, right? Like at knowing your strengths and your weaknesses, cause then you can just delegate your, delegate your weaknesses and just focus on your strengths. Like, like that's why, I mean, you're always at the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great. Oh, you're always at the baseball game. I'm like, man, I want to live Ish's life. Like you just like just yeah, saying hi to everybody and making money by talking to people. It's intentional though. Like when I go golfing, I always have uh, you know, I either play with the client and I ask them to invite their friend, you know, who plays on the golf course. Right. Right. Usually 55, six year old retired guys. Right. And those are my target market. So, yeah. So I, I like to spend time out there just uh, sometimes like, on a Friday, if I don't have, I don't have, I play every Friday, by the way. Okay. Um, if I don't have a client with me, I'll go out there by myself and just tag along and start meeting people. I've gotten a few clients like that. So. Really? Just yeah, by so, going out there? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So it's part of my, uh, part of my marketing. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. My, that's very tactical. Like, even yeah. though you're going and having fun, like. Yeah, you, it's with purpose. Yeah. You know, like where your ideal client is located, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what a lot of people, they try to like, when they're starting a business, they're, they're not really sure like how to get clients, but really you just have to know where your ideal client hangs out. Mm-hmm. And for you, it's the golf course. Yeah. 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 Like uh 2020, I had membership at Stockdale and yeah. I was there like twice. I mean, cause the office were closed and you know, everything was closed. I'm like, I'm, I need to go to network somewhere. So <laughs> I got a membership at Stockdale and yeah. And I mean, within three or four months, everybody knew me like, nice. who I was and what I did. Yeah. And that just, that awareness is there. And uh, I actually had a call from one of the guys out of the blue. just like, Hey dude, um, yeah, I remember you did this, but my brother-in-law has, is retiring and this and that. And I'm, oh, perfect. Yeah. So those are little seeds that I planted, you know, at, you know, at the, at the golf course. And right. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, if you know, and what I like, love about you ish is that like, you're really good at building relationships, mm-hmm. right? You're really good. at just like, people just like know you and they respect you and they just like, anywhere, everywhere you go. Like I remember I went out to lunch with you and it's like, we were literally having something to eat, and I think there was like six people that interrupted our lunch just to come say hi and yeah, stuff. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the exact number. I'm gonna count it, but I, I I'm pretty sure I got it right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just you know, just just being genuine. Yeah, 
um, and uh, loving people generally and, and understanding and just being a kind person. And like I said, that, that's something I got from my mom. My mom is like the most kind hearted spirit. Like people go to her, they trust her. They, you know, like my dad's family, they, they trust her and mm-hmm. they tell her like, she'll listen, give them love. So that just, I'm, I'm thankful for having that. Right. My mom. So, so you're like the perfect combination of your parents. Yeah. Like you're like from your mom's side, you got that loving, caring, extroverted, yeah. like, Hey, let me just pour my love. Yeah. And then from your dad, like, Hey, let's save money. Let's Our, preserve yeah. wealth. Yeah. And that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, and that's ish. Yeah, faith. Yeah. Faith is important. And, um, so that's, that's a yeah, combination. I, and, and you start, I mean, if you really reflect on it and understand your parents, like you're a little bit like them. And you even, I had this conversation with my dad when he retired. I said, dad, what is one thing like, and they're my mentors, like my mom, my dad, my mentors. And honestly, a lot of my clients are my mentors too. Cause they're, you know, 60, 65. Right. They lived life. I'm 38. So like they have more wisdom than I do. So right. I get to hang out with mentors and, you know, they leverage me and my talents. Right. Um, and then they give me, you know, uh, advice. So, um, right. Cause you know, it's, you know, in the word says, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's important to learn from our own failures, but you know, also get wisdom from people that have felt. So I, I, I always like to share my failures and where I felt to younger guys or people that just want to ask me questions for sure. Uh, cause that's important. Yeah. Cause now, it reminds us and then it helps them. So for sure. Now, I mean, you mentioned that most of your clients are older, right? Because mm-hmm. they're at that retirement age, which is, you know, you're gaining wisdom from them too, because they've been through more. Right. And you're learning from their mistakes, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. But what I think is very interesting is that, like you said, you're, you're 38, right? But they're, you know, a 50 or 60 or 70 year old is trusting a 38 year old with their life savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how does a 38 year old kid, I still think you're a kid. <laughs> how does a 38, like a kid <laughs> I'm 35, that's why I said that. But how does a 38 year old, or even if you're 18, right, and you're trying to get a client who's 35, it's the same thing. So how does that, how does a 38 year old convince a 60 or 70 year old to trust you know, trust them or trust you with their life savings, their 401k or their retirement. Yeah. I mean, with the bigger clients, it's always, they know me. Um, they've known me for five years um, or more. Um, typically is just building the relationship, understanding. Um, one of the <laughs> crazy story, one of my top clients, I met him at in and out here across the street. Oh, really? And uh, I recognized him from somewhere, but I didn't really know who he was. And I said, Hey, where did I know you from? Anyways, Four years later, he retired from SoCal Gas Company, mm-hmm. and he's one of my favorite clients to work with, but that's where I met him. But um, it was uh, probably like a three- or four-year relationship. Mm. But here's the cool part is once you have a good network of uh, retired guys, and they refer you people. Right. And those are my biggest uh, biggest refer. So, you know, like like when I invite a guy to play golf, you know, I'm like tomorrow I'm playing with the guy that's near retirement he works for at and mm-hmm. and i said hey invite your friend invite your friend or you know so i build relationships and, mm-hmm. and that's with intention right building relationships right so i'd say just be genuine genuine um i asked them for advice uh life advice wisdom and um and then they get to know me and my family and what i do my values and and then there's the technical aspect of it right so they look at your your history i mean i've been a licensed stockbroker for since 2007 mm. Uh, and I have a degree in finance and economics. So there's a little bit of a, I mean, I'm not, I'm just a guy, but right. um, there's a little bit of, a, you know, credibility with right. the, the credentials, right? But more importantly than the credentials is, you know, being a, a kind person and, and, and listening and understanding. So listening is, um, sometimes listening is 
is the most important part and um, right. responding uh, with the right action. Like I said, I get that from my mom. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you're really good at, uh, for people that know you, like you're really good at like just just calling people just out of the blue just to yeah. say hi. And you're, I'm like, sometimes like you'll call me and I'm like, hey, what's up, Ish? And you're like, oh, I'm just calling to say hi. <laughs> i'm like no like what's up once a quarter i'm like yeah. you, like i don't need I, like i'm like because most people who call me they're like they're like hey joel i need a PL. hey joel i need a balance sheet yeah. so i'm just used to saying hey what's up and then uh, like expecting something you're like oh no i'm just i'm just calling to say hi yeah, how you doing how's your family dude yeah i remember that time you came over for breakfast and uh, i got to know your family and your kids yeah and, uh you came over to my house and and like you're just a friend so i just follow up with you and then uh check in and uh you know, I want to know how you're doing in business and life and everything else. Yeah. And I think that's why you've been to where, you know, that's why you've gotten to where you're at just cause you know, you're, you're a people person. Like you said, you know, your strength, right. And you just like to just connect with people and just find out who they are as a person, get into their subconscious mind. Yeah. <laughs> curiosity right. dude. like one of my mentors, uh, six years ago told me that curiosity is going to take you far. You're curious of everything. Mm-hmm. You're curious of like, I have, I have clients that are, you know, physicians i have clients that are um, business owners i have you know guys you know work for pg and chevron oil companies mm-hmm. different different aspects so so i get to learn a little bit of everything so like i tell my wife i know a little bit of everything right <laughs> just for my clients because they you know tell me about their practice like um or they tell me about their their business or their um so i know i know enough about a little bit of everything I can see that. I mean, you're even like surprising, like, oh yeah, you're asking me tax questions, and I'm like, dude, you, how do you know this? Aren't you, aren't you a financial advisor, not a CPA? And it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of correlated, right? Like right. Our, our professions are kind of correlated ind- indirectly, but right, it's important for me to know these because uh, if a client asks me and, and and I answer and they verify with their CPA, that builds credibility. Right. So it's like I love to learn. I like I like to watch your your videos or, and your podcast. Um, because uh, I learned something when I read a book or when I listen to a mentor, when I listen to you know your your podcast. Um, so, yeah, no, that's curiosity. Like I think that's what like my mind's always like for sure. And I think what what is even important about curiosity is that you're good at asking questions, asking you, and right you know question. what questions to ask, right the, question. the right questions. Like, and it's like, um, and you just like you said, like those that kind of engineer mindset of like like, oh, what about this? And have you thought about that? And it's like, oh damn, I didn't think about this, you know. <laughs> and and I think that's that's important. And that's a and, and you, but you do that also at the personal level, yeah. not just at the technical level, mm-hmm. you know. Just like the way they behave, or you know, why is it that? Just just getting to know them. Mm-hmm. And I think as a financial advisor, that's probably like one of the biggest traits that someone could have. Yeah, yeah. And I think you have that. Yeah, one of the things that I also do, like when guys retire. Um, they don't know what to do. They don't have a plan for after retirement. So I help also counsel them on lifestyle expectations and cause you don't want to just, you know, sit around and do nothing and, you know, die. Right. Like that's, that's number one reason to retire is die. So, right. So I have to ask some questions to help them understand what, what is, what, what it is they want, what their lifestyle want, what is going to be like after they retire. Right. And a lot of my clients, I started off, uh, I started asking those questions like five or four years before they retire. Mm. So that's my, like, I'm looking for clients that, I'm looking for the clients that are going to retire in the next one, two, three, four, five years, mm. right? Because um, I want to be a resource for them. And like I said earlier about the 401k, now I have the ability to um, manage their 401k money, even though they're still employed at the current employer. So 
that's something that I never thought would be possible, but our industry is really evolving and changing and, and it's on the cutting edge. Like I'm the only one in Bakers right now approved for that. So uh, it's kicking off and it's nice. I think that's important because when you're in like my age, for example, or your age, like in their thirties, like retirement, it's like, you know, we know it's coming, but it still kind of feels a little bit far yeah. away. Maybe not as far away for you because you're dealing with it all the time. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, all right, I know I got to do it. But it, and I think most people like are that way because mm -hmm. I have a lot of my clients. I'm like, what are you doing for retirement? I would say nine out of 10 times, nothing. Mm. Nine out of 10 times. I'm like, dude, even for from a tax perspective, you could save money. But yeah. even not even for that, I was like, literally, what are you going to do lifestyle wise yeah. when you retire? And it's like they haven't even thought about it. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't no, even cross their mind. It doesn't cross their mind. So like. Like, I think that's the part of uh, building the relationship is that we ca I care enough to ask those questions of what they want to do in retirement. And sometimes, sometimes the meetings go like very first meetings, they go 80% that we don't even talk about the, the, the money or the, mm -hmm. the investments, how much they have. We go into that first and then eventually it leads to that. Right. So, right. Um, but I'm a go with the flow type of guy. Like I, I kind of go with their, you know, cause it, I don't want to do what my, intention is my what i see I, I need to sell them or nothing now that is um that, that's uncomfortable for me right so i like to just go with what what's important to them their personality and within you know let's say 10 minutes i know what type of person they are like i have um i have this thing called a client preference model it's like four different type of clients mm. um that i kind of you know each and it's based on personality right right you know you have the uh the the, the um the person that like the engineer, right? Mm -hmm. The guy that wants to know, ask a lot of good questions. There's a relationship person. They care more about the relationship than the technical aspect. Right. Because think about it. Like if I have a client that comes in and, and they're more of a relationship person, and then I, what the meeting goes like, if I, I were presenting to the engineer, they'd be like, right? <laughs> like, whatever, I don't care. Like how's, you know, how they, they want me to ask them how their trip was to Europe or their trip was to, the, you know, that right. type of, how's, you know, they ask me, how's Jacob doing? Right. And my son and. Um, so that's like 90% that, and then 10% technical, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and then there's the, uh, the guy, the investor that puts their money here, puts their money there. And I'm just like a order taker, right? Mm. They use me for this and that's it. Uh, and then the, the last one is the, um, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. And that's, uh, the, um, the one that wants to like, uh, no, I think I said that, uh, three, uh, it's evolving my, right. my, my, uh, my, um, my way of like looking at people is, is evolving. Yeah. And I think what's important, what you said is just like reading personalities, yeah. right. And adapting to their personality, mm -hmm. yeah. because if you do that, then you can tailor your service to basically their, mm -hmm. the way they live their life. Or like yeah. you say, you're an order taker for one, some clients, but for others, you're like, Hey, let's talk about life and yeah. your trip and my son or your son, whatever. Yeah. And you tailor your, your service around their personality. Yeah. And I, and I enjoy most is the technical aspect of it. Uh, like the details of the investments that, you know, I'm buying in their accounts and et cetera. And, ex you know, explaining that process and why we make, how we make the decisions to buy those investments. And um, I'm, I'm always looking for input from my clients too. Like whenever um, I always ask them, Hey, where are you spending your money differently than you were five years ago? Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, like if you would have put, let's say $10,000 in Apple in 2001, you know, or Amazon, right. right. <laughs> or or nvidia or like those don't remind, companies, don't remind right? me i had money invested in at that time and i cashed out, cashed too out. Early. <laughs> oh, dude. yeah dude so that was a long-term hold but anyways yeah. um but yeah but there's in the next 10 years there's gonna be new companies right that are gonna be that are that are probably public right now that that you can invest in but we don't, you know you have to know what's trending 
what's trending at. Yeah. Where where are where are our average? Like think about it. Ten years ago, we weren't spending as much as on our like your household budgets um, wasn't on Amazon, right? It was something else. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um, and then I remember when the first Apple. Um, iPod what was it oh called? the iPod yeah like the, the MP3 yeah. player the MP3 player yeah, yeah. yeah that was like the first Apple yeah. you know, who knew we would you know live on our phones right so, right no one knew that but going forward right like the next trend of the next Amazon's the next Apple's Tesla's still in the you know early stages but um, you know those are going to be the you know where we're going to spend money so I want to get out ahead and I want to put my clients money in those yeah companies so I always like to ask questions like hey what are your kids spending money on right what are your kids doing like lifestyle like what are they what are they into what are the what is their generational what is their generational like habits or uh their social like how do they interact with friends and where are they spending money right i think yeah reading trends is important and actually i bought my first house because of reading trends like i when i was in college blockbuster was dipping and um actually somebody brought up netflix i ended up buying some netflix stock and it, i think i put in like maybe five or ten thousand dollars it grew to in like three years to $72,000. <laughs> I should have left it, <laughs> but I cashed out and went towards the down payment on my house, 20% yeah. down. Yeah. Didn't have no PMI and none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of reading trends. Yeah. It, yeah, but if you think about it, your house probably appreciated. True. Not Probably not by the same percentage, but, but you know, you're able to get more um, participation in real estate because you're leveraging, right? You're using a loan, right? Versus in a stock, you have to put the cash in, right? True. You can leverage, but it's too risky. Right. Yeah. Margins and stuff. Yep. Cool. Uh, so you just started Romero Wealth Management? Yeah. Yeah. So Romero Wealth Management is basically, um, so I call it Romero Wealth Management powered by Charles Schwab because uh, Charles Schwab is a custodian uh, bank that I use, the investment company that I use. So if you hire me to manage your retirement money, you know, I, I use Charles Schwab, which is a popular, you know, popular uh, investment company. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, my the guy that hired me, like I said earlier, he uh, left Morgan Stanley, went independent as an advisor. Okay, uh, his firm is called Lattice Wealth Management. Um, I I'm probably gonna change that at some point, mm-hmm. but Romero, that's my last name. So, typically, I, I don't know I don't know what I'm gonna do yet, but right. I might, I may change it. I may keep it. Uh, it's just easy. Sandoval yeah. Taxi PAs. Exactly. Yeah, it's easy. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, we you know we, we uh, we're managing uh, our money. Uh, together, so we make decisions on investments. Uh, that we, um, he's sixty three, so mm. he's a little different generation. I'm a younger generation, so you know we kind of bounce ideas off each other, um, because you know in the next ten years, you know there's going to be a lot of wealth transition from baby boomers to right next generation. So cool. Um, so what's in store? I mean, you just started this. You might change the name. Not sure, but what's in store? Like, what do you have going? Like, plan for the future? Like, where do you see? um ish romero three four years from now three four years from now i i see myself managing about 50 million in retirement assets that's kind of where where my my nugget by 45 that's my goal nice um so at that point i'd probably i don't know start like uh some nonprofit or something Mm -hmm. um you know something that i'm passionate about my i think well you know the show i'm i'm big with um in the special needs community because my son right um, and, um, so I like to do them. Like when he turns 18, I want to open a restaurant called, uh, Jacob's cheeseburgers. Really? He loves cheeseburgers, man. So, oh, okay. so that's my, I've, I've been saying that since he was like three years old. Nice. Cause he loves cheeseburgers and, uh, you know, he would basically like 
be the host or, you know, something like that. Uh, he's 12 now, so I have six more years, so I have a little slush fund for that. So, nice. Um, but that's a, a main thing, but who, who knows? Um, that's, uh, you know, God willing, you know, that's, right. you know, that those are the things that I, that I want to do. Yeah. And I think if you have, you know, we said 50 million in, in invested assets that I hear or 50 billion. <laughs> B. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's, uh, I want, my goal is 50 million okay. right now. I'm a little under 20 million. Okay. Um, I do have a, an opportunity uh, to manage money for a nonprofit, um, which is like around 10 million. But the revenues are a little lower for you know larger scale company. Uh, the the percentage that I charge is a little lower. So, um, but that that's a new, new opportunity that I'm excited about because um, you know that's you know presenting to board members and and um, you know getting really in the weeds of the investments and so that's a good opportunity. I'm speaking it to into existence now. I'm, I'm managing that ten million dollar nonprofit nice uh, fund. So um, so yeah, fifty million. So like right now, a little under twenty. So you know it's going to take me another. It could take me a year. It could take me five years. I mean, right. I can, uh, 50 million is kind of where I'm at. 40 by 45 is my goal. Cool, man. That's a great goal to have. So if somebody wants to hit you up for anything related to wealth management, whether they want to invest or maybe they want to have you as a mentor or anything, like what's the best way to, for them to contact you? Uh, my cell phone number is 661-900-2058. Um, that is the best. Uh, and you, you have my Facebook stuff and for sure, yeah, and on Instagram, he's under Ismail underscore one Romero, so if you want to follow him, and he's out there living the lifestyle, you know, attending the World Series, Dodger games, he's out there on the golf course, so you'll get to enjoy his lifestyle as well and get yeah, to know no, him, he's such a good guy. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it, and um, life is uh, short, and you know, like God, like I said, God blessed me with the resources to do it, so, um, and uh, a lot of times, I think, like, my clients that do travel and do all those things, I kind of, like I said, when you spend some time with people that are older than you and that have a certain lifestyle, you start wanting to like be like them. So I think right. that is part of the influence. Right. In that. And then my dad always, you know, traveled everywhere and did everything. So that's, I'm just kind of, like I said, I'm like my parents. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So. Yeah. You're influenced by who you hang out with. Exactly. That's cool, man. Well, thanks Ish for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. I think a lot of my listeners got a lot of value from this. And if they want to hit up Ish, you got his contact info as well as his Instagram handle. Thanks a lot, Joe.